Hello there, Millennium Alliance listeners, members, partners alike. Welcome to another episode of the Millennium Live Podcast Technology Partner Series we're doing. I'm Connor Tui, and I've got a great technology partner here with us today on the podcast who works to make care decisions better for patients and providers to improve affordability, access, and outcomes, all while reducing that administrative burden that a lot of systems are going through today. I want to introduce and welcome to the podcast, Benton Barney. He is the Chief Commercial Officer at Arrive Health. Benton, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. It's great to have you here. Yeah, you bet, Connor. I'm happy to be here, and I certainly am passionate and love this topic, so uh, eager to dig in. Great. And so today, uh, Bent and I are going to be diving into really understanding this healthcare affordability crisis, the benefits of discussing costs with patients and driving adherence, strategies that health systems are using and can use to really support price transparency and that opportunity of supporting patient affordability. So that's that's where I want to jump in. And Benton, I want to get your expertise and 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 what you've seen in the field. And uh, you know, really to kick things off, I know this is so, sort of how Arrive has, was founded, but you know, every day. In present day in the U.S., more and more patients are struggling with healthcare and to pay for it. In your own words, and how what you've seen out there, how how bad has the healthcare affordability crisis gotten in the U.S. and and really, how did we get here? Yeah, wow, how we got here is a roller coaster kind of answer, but I'll I'll do my best to kind of summarize the challenges that we have specific to the U.S. healthcare system that have contributed. But yeah, in terms of how bad it is. I mean, medical bankruptcy is still one of the number one causes of it. So I think that alone tells us that this is a very serious problem. I think over half of Americans, you know, are delaying therapy due to costs. So, you know, when you have kind of these stats that are being reported either by the census or by organizations in healthcare, you know, it's serious. I mean, 65% of Americans can't afford a copay over $250 with the increasing cost of specialty meds driving costs up and the changes in benefit designed to high deductible plans, passing more of that first dollar expense onto us as consumers, you know, we're having a really serious, a very serious problem. I mean, I think crisis is an appropriate terminology to use in this particular case because nothing is really stopping the trends. I think we talk about other cost management solutions and I'm sure we'll get into that today, but yeah, I mean, things are truly out of control. And I think our focus on pharmacy is, is a subset of the overall problem, but certainly one that we're intimate with in terms of the challenges and what we're doing about it. But yeah, as, as high deductible plans go further, as specialty meds get more expensive, plan design is changing from PBMs and payers. It's only getting more challenging for those who are having other affordability challenges in their life. Yeah, I know. And you mentioned a couple of great points right off the bat. And so what impact does affordability and access have on adherence? And, you know, just to dive in a little bit to Arrive Health and, uh, you know, about what Arrive Health is doing about it. Yeah, I think, I mean, cost and adherence, you know, they're, they're hand in glove. I don't think cost is all of adherence, but cost is certainly a critical component of it. I've seen reports that have the cost of non-adherence in the U.S. healthcare system costing us anywhere between 100 to $500 billion. It's hard to quantify all the effects of people not taking their drugs, but there have been a couple of organizations that have done a fair amount of research to say it could be upwards of half a trillion dollars, which is just mind-boggling numbers that we're talking about here. 
how cost plays into it. I mean, it's it's heavily on abandonment, right? I mean, 64% of people are saying they would skip or delay care if they don't know what it costs. And healthcare is one of those strange things where when we all go to our doctors, we often don't know what it's going to cost until we get some sort of an EOB from our payer that says, you know, okay, here, Benton, here's what happened when you were at the doctor, you know, 30 to 60 days ago, and here's what it costs. Like, well, okay, you can't really shop that around after the fact. So I think there's a couple different elements. I, I know that abandonment rates due to cost are, are substantial and they tie directly to out-of-pocket expense. So I think it was like Huvia that published a study a couple of years ago where it's the abandonment rates for zero copay meds is only 5% but that increases 900% to 45% if the copay is, is $125 or more. Going back to kind of, again, more of those high dollar, high deductible plans and more of that expense being forced onto consumers, we see a lot of transactions in our, in our software that see meds higher than $125 out of pocket. I mean, we we're running about 10 million transactions a month. And the idea is to bring more affordable, lower cost alternatives to providers when they're prescribing. But yeah, I mean, these numbers are really scary when you really break it down and say, okay, you know, what, what's the cost threshold where people just stop going to the pharmacy? And it's kind of around that $125 when you start to get to where 50% abandoned. In terms of Arrive Health and perhaps what you've seen, you know, what are some of the uh, the main attractions uh, for, for health systems to um, look into potentially using a, a solution like Arrive Health? Yeah, a lot of it's really about just removing waste from the system as we kind of inform providers of lower cost alternatives and the patients obviously react well to that because if they can afford their meds, they'll actually get them filled. And then if we get some creative reminders or other ways to sort of, okay, once you have the drugs in your possession, are you actually taking them according to your your plan, then that's a different challenge. But for us, it's more about tackling that up front. And the waste that happens in the system through abandonment is one, if it's due to cost, there's callbacks to the provider. It's, can you put me on a lower cost drug? I can't afford it. I got to the pharmacy and they told me what it costs and I turned around and walked out the door. That causes problems for the provider in terms of the callbacks, but it also, if there's a prior off on that drug, it could increase the administrative expenses on the payer PBM side. But it also creates inventory management challenges for the retail pharmacies as well, as they're processing that order and getting it ready for me when I show up to the counter, and then I turn around and walk away because I can't afford it. Um, you know, that creates challenges there as well. So, you know, we are one of those unique organizations that fits in a, in a niche of healthcare, digital health specifically, that everybody can kind of benefit from. You know, lowering cost is something that generally everybody in the continuum can kind of rally around, whether you're a patient, a provider, a pharmacist, a payer, PBM, or even a pharmaceutical company. Yeah. We have to start addressing affordability and make that a priority. And I love the vision at, at Arrive Health and making sure that information is there and and that both providers and patients have that information that they can trust and going into a, a doctor's appointment, knowing exactly how much you're going to pay helps a lot and makes a big difference. You know, Ben, you've, you've mentioned a couple of really good points and when it in terms of affordability and why it's important to address this now. But with the multitude of challenges in the health system today, you know, they're facing a lot of challenges. Why put affordability as a priority? I know that's um, that could be a, a given, but um, in terms of a provider standpoint specifically, why should addressing affordability be a priority right now? I mean, I think it goes back to that, what I mentioned just a moment ago about how cost is one of those things that everybody is impacted by, you know, whether, whether it's a 
a secondary or tertiary benefit if you're kind of downstream on the pharmaceutical side or the payer side. But if people aren't staying adherent, they can't stay healthy. So if you're a health system, I mean, a lot of this depends on kind of where you are in the general journey, but everybody wins when people are getting their meds and staying compliant with their prescription regimen. The patients save money, the providers save time and avoid callbacks. They can also avoid prior off activity, whether they're doing it themselves or whether a health system has a central kind of PA processing team. Um, they save time. Pharmacists don't have to deal with the inventory management challenges. You know, again, this is one of those things that everybody benefits from. So, you know, in terms of why health systems and others should kind of engage with tools like ours now, it's because, you know, we are in a crisis and we have a way to truly impact some of that in a positive way by just informing providers and patients of lower cost options out there. And it's just critical that they do so. So now really is the time. And that's my high level answer as the leader, you know, of the commercial organization in the company. There's also some government regulations that started during the Trump administration around mandates on cost transparency tools being used. So, you know, CMS is kind of getting behind this initiative and starting to really push from their side as well. So there's a compliance angle as well as, frankly, it's, it's the right thing to do for those other stakeholders. Right. I mean, it's, it's, that's, it's a win-win opportunity for both patients and providers. In terms of organizations and health systems on wanting to jump in, you mentioned where they are in this journey. Perhaps they're right at the start and want to address tri price transparency and this cost crisis. From what from what you've seen, you know what what impact among health systems that you're working with have you seen in terms of using a, a solution like Arrive Health? And perhaps if those who are looking for a solution like this, where would you recommend they start? Yeah, I think part of it is an assessment of just where they are in the journey with some of those CMS driven, you know, kind of government driven regulations. Some health systems put their charge masters out on the web for people to go, you know, see exactly what their costs are for services. Some haven't, you know, there's again, there's kind of a where are you in it relates to things that are out there right now. Most electronic medical record platforms that are in use across the major hospital systems have some sort of a real-time benefit or cost transparency service within their e-prescribing workflow. That's where we plug in. So if that's, if that's where you are is just transitioning into the use of real-time prescription benefit services, do it. It's free. It's fairly easy. Again, most EMR vendors are supporting that capability today. And it's something that can truly bring lower cost alternatives to market. So I think that's sort of the cheap and easy on the digital health side of things. There's a much bigger cultural kind of recommendation I would also make. Changing prescriber behavior and provider behavior in general is not easy. So you kind of have to get executive level health system buy-in to say, you know, hey, everybody, this truly is something that we need to adopt culturally. And it needs to be part of who we are is to helping our patients afford their care. Now, whether it's medications, whether it's other medical services, it's just something that the health system kind of has to truly believe is the right thing to do. And that comes top down. I would say the third element of that is the elevation of pharmacy within the health system. Sometimes pharmacy is seen more as a cost center, but there's an opportunity to make pharmacists more front and center in the continuum of care. And, you know, we at Arrive Health, we're big believers in CPAs. That's collaborative practice agreements, you know, kind of helping pharmacists function at the top of their license, get more actively involved in patient care, um, partnering with 
you know, the physicians. And there's a reason for that. You know, if, if you're on a medication where you're getting 30, 60, 90 day fills, you're interacting with the health system pharmacist a lot more often than you're interacting with your doctor. You know, that, that relationship between patient and pharmacist is getting more significant through the refill process. And they truly are a key part of the continuum of care. You know, health systems need to support those folks and make them a little bit more front and center. So I think those three things, just cultural buy-in to cost transparency and the fact that we all have a role to play in addressing this crisis, the digital health side of it, that's kind of where companies like ours can fit in and provide solutions to the affordability issue. And then you have that making pharmacy a little bit more front and center in patient care. I think those are three big primary elements. Oh, that's awesome, Ben. Thank you. And I like what you mentioned there. I think those are great you know, values to have and uh, really improving that the healthcare through more informed decision making. And I, I like that you mentioned a part of it is just doing what's right and <laughs> healthcare and affordability cool. should go together. Yeah, so, they, they, they certainly should. And, but I think there's also an element of understanding the provider's role in this, you know, yeah, doctors obviously care about the health of their patients with rapidly changing benefit design and coverage information that they just can't keep up to date with. There's a fine line between asking your providers to be cognizant of their patient's cost when making decisions on their behalf and then turning doctors into personal shoppers for their entire patient. Like there, there, there's a fine line there that we walk very closely in uh, as part of Arrive Health. We're a company that's owned by provider organizations. So they've kind of helped keep us sort of in that zone where the information we're providing is strictly relevant to those providers. And we're not kind of making them feel like they have to go too far out of their way to find the information to keep their patients adherent. But we're also informing them with information that they may not have had before so they can might, you know, make the right decisions on behalf of their patients. Great, Ben. Could you just uh, briefly go into the uh, the origin story of Arrive Health? I know there's a there's um there's a good reason why Arrive Health started in the first place and how that's making uh, an impact today. Yeah, thank you for the question. Uh, it's something that we're frankly very proud of. We started as a very patient centric organization, and we you know live that mantra uh, every day. Our company was founded in an affordability challenge. And this kind of goes back to that crisis that we talked about before. There, Our co-founder, Dr. Kevin O'Brien, his mother, Lucy, was having affordability issues with her own personal medications. And, you know, she was on a several hundred dollar a month drug spend, and she was diagnosed with an additional condition, had to take another specialty med. Even she was being put in kind of a meds or meals decision-making scenario. And fortunately, in her case, she had a son who was a provider and she asked her son, you know, Hey, I need some, I need some help here. I can't manage my expenses with these additional drug costs. And, you know, Dr. O'Brien did a bunch of research, kind of used his own EMR, used the internet, used a bunch of other tools and took his mother's drug regimen. And by doing his own research, found lower cost alternatives that brought her costs down to roughly 25% of what they of what they were. So for an older person who was on a fixed income, having a 75% discount on part of your fixed expenses on a monthly basis, that's a life-changing event. And, you know, Dr. O'Brien kind of said, okay, if my own mother is struggling with some of these affordability challenges, and the only reason she's getting help is because I'm a provider who has access to data, this has to be a much bigger problem and really 
Arrive Health, RX Review, you know, formerly known, was sort of born out of that exact engagement where, you know, a person named Lucy had an affordability issue. And now, you know, we've grown into an organization that's helping millions of people uh, in the same way through our, our network of providers. So it's an exciting, uh, it's an exciting place to be. We love our origin story and everything we do, we kind of take it down to the individual human level and say, how is, how is this going to impact patients? And if the answer is it won't, we don't do it. And if it is something that can truly lead to affordability benefits to the patient and that allows them to stay adherent and not have to be in that position where they are choosing medications or food, you know, that's, that's why we exist. That's an awesome origin story. And it, it, that's, I'm, there's no surprise why Arrive Health takes healthcare personally, uh, especially when the co-founder had to deal with this with with um his mother Lucy. So that's a that's a great that's a great story, and I'm sure that's why it continues to be a a big part of Arrive Health with this um you know price transparency and um, patient specific data in order to help everybody out. So thank you thank you for uh, sharing that, Ben. My pleasure. No, I it, it's a great story, and again. Even though we're all professionals in this industry, we're also all consumers and members of it as well from the consumer side. So yeah, this is all near and dear to me and everybody else on our team. And that and that's exactly where I'm going with the uh, the next question here because you know, obviously there's it, it's it's tough to change certain ways when you know things have been done now a certain way uh, in healthcare. I'm curious to know what you've seen out there that's holding some providers, some organizations back from from really exploring these options. Yeah, I think, and I'm going to speak specific to real-time benefit and electronic prior auth solutions. Those are the you know, waters that we tend to spend the most time in as a company. When real-time benefit was first kind of unveiled as a capability, you know, five or six years ago, the quality of the alternatives that were presented to providers, frankly, was not great. I, I don't think the data quality piece was at a level where providers would look at some of those recommendations to say, don't prescribe Benton drug A, prescribe drug B, here's why. We're either avoiding a prior authorization or it's dramatically cheaper for me and the odds of me actually going to it are considerably higher. The, the quality of those alternatives just wasn't quite where it needed to be. So I think there was a little bit of a trust lost a few years ago when the first version of real-time benefit services were rolled out. Again, this kind of goes back to the benefits of being such a, a closely provider-aligned company is that you know people told us very clearly within our board meetings and other situations that if it's more clicks or if doctors lose trust in the content, they're not going to use it. And You've got, you know, generally three opportunities to, to build trust with providers and as a decision support expert who's kind of been in this world for decades, it's true. If, you're, if your recommendations are not trusted or not therapeutically relevant, providers, you know, rightfully won't use it. They'll go with, you know, they'll go with their gut. So we spend a lot of our time and energy and resources as a company really making sure that the recommendations we put in in front of providers is, is truly going to benefit the patient and be something relevant that they should be acting on. So I think that that's a big part of it is just building that trust with, with the providers. Yeah. With the right technology, providers can be a catalyst for change. And I know that Arrive Health has built solutions to, to, to make that impact. And I'm curious, cause I, you know, this has been a great conversation, Benton, that 
I always like to sort of wrap up these interviews and more of a of a looking ahead type of question and and focusing a little bit on the future because as you mentioned this is a crisis so if nothing changes it's only going to get worse what do you, what do you expect Ben you know being in this industry being in healthcare in the US you know what do you expect things to look like a year from now and if i may be so bold 5 to 10 years from now if i know nobody has a crystal ball but to if if technology is used correctly things can change and and i'm curious as to what you you think and perhaps see in the future yeah i think it's it's a little bit hard to tell obviously i mean you know consumerism in healthcare certainly took a dramatic increase during covid um you know telehealth usage kind of went through the roof and people were as consumers of healthcare were willing to try new technologies i think monitoring of people's health whether it's through their watches or their cell phones has continued to increase and i think the lay person is a little bit more in tune with their healthcare i would say over the last 5 years and they certainly were before that so i i think as we look to the future that's going to continue and i think as high dollar deductible health plans continue to be increasing cost i think people are going to be more focused on affordability they're going to be asking hard questions of their providers you know especially anybody who's experienced not just a medical bankruptcy but anybody who's had to turn around at the pharmacy counter because they couldn't afford their medications, they will be in tune to cost-related issues in healthcare probably for the rest of their life after an incident like that. The first big answer to that question I would say is going to be just consumerism in healthcare in general is going to continue on a, on a positive trend up into the right. I think when you look at the impact that that's going to have on payers and PBMs, I don't know if it's necessarily going to change too much, but it is going to change the the kinds of conversations that patients and providers have when they're actually in the middle of a clinical episode. I just think cost is going to have to be front and center in that conversation in a way that it hasn't necessarily been um, in the past. So getting a little bit more tactical, I think the changes we've seen recently in the number of specialty medications that are kind of in the FDA's approval process, I don't see that changing. I think that's going to continue there's going to be a lot more specialty meds on the market. Those are going to be high dollar drugs. Payers and PBMs are going to have to adjust their benefit designs to kind of accommodate that change. Maybe that's going to lead to an increase in copay assistance programs and other affordability programs on the foundation side. Maybe it won't. Um, I think it will. Changes in 340B, I think, are going to continue. That's something that most health system pharmacies are very closely attuned to and paying attention to as additional medications get pulled out of that program, you know, that the contract pharmacy part of it, that just means health systems capturing and filling those scripts with their own pharmacies goes up in importance. And I, I think when I look into the crystal ball, I think for the next couple of years, that's going to just continue to increase. Script capture is going to be a bigger deal. I do think pharmacy is going to be elevated within health systems to be more strategic uh, than it ever has been, which is great. I think everybody benefits from that. And yeah, those are a couple of biggies. What about you? What do you think, Connor? Where where, where was I wrong? Uh, no, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head there, Benton. And from from what I hear and 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 listening to this podcast, I'm at least optimistic that we have a a, a better future ahead in in healthcare. And and honestly, with the arrive being a great solution, what we have are our patients who can be assured that they're going to get good care that they can afford and providers 
that they can be confident that they can make the best care decisions. From what, from this awesome interview on Millennium Live, I uh, for those working to find a clear path to better care, the answer has arrived. So I want to thank our guest, Benton Barney, Chief Commercial Officer at Arrive Health. Uh, you've been a great guest, uh, Benton. Thank you for joining for the members and partners at Millennium Alliance. There is a healthcare providers transformation assembly coming up this fall. It's at the JW Marriott in Miami. That's September 19th and 20th. Benton, thank you so much for joining Millennium Live. It was great to chat healthcare with you. And uh, thanks for joining us. And I can't wait to see what the future holds. Yeah, likewise. We'll be in Miami. So we'll uh, we'll see you there.